I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is sink or float, Remodora. Hello listeners, I'm Ria, and today I'm arguing to keep Remadora afloat. And I'm Jem, and I'll be arguing to sink Remadora. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're quite often sinking and I'm quite often floating. Yeah, it is like that. <laughs> it's not like these are assigned roles, like... We sort of just choose which one we want to do both times, and sometimes we have to argue what we believe, and sometimes we don't, and it always seems to shake out this way. Yeah. <laughs> really does be like that. Um, should we begin with our usual spiel that, like, all ships are valid, shipping is fine, yep. you don't need to compete with ships, shipping wars are stupid, yep. we're just doing this for fun, <laughs> it's not serious, don't, you know, try and, like, hex us or anything like that, we're just doing it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all ships are valid. Everyone can ship whatever they want. Have a good time. That being uh, so, said, let's debate this ship. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is our fifth episode of our Sink or Float mini series, in case anyone's like a new listener or hasn't listened to one of these episodes before. Mm-hmm. In these episodes, we look at popular ships in the Harry Potter fandom and we argue over whether those ships should sink or keep floating. Uh, if you haven't listened to our earlier episodes, we've talked about Wolfstar, Drarry, Harmony, and Romine. So if those mm-hmm. any of those interest you, check them out. And this episode, we're looking at Remadora, which is the <laughs> Remus Lupin-Nymphadora-Tonks relationship. And I've also seen it called Ronks or Lonks. If, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, if you use those names, everything's fine. They're all equally yeah. valid. Yeah, we're just going with Remadora because it's the funnest to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds the cutest. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we get into it? Yes. <laughs> All right. So we usually start with, are they straight or are they queer, depending on mm-hmm. what the ship is. Okay. So that was what I started with as well. Um, mm-hmm. point one, are they straight? My response is no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to elaborate on that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would. So we've talked before on the show about how Lupin's entire character is a big fat metaphor for a HIV-positive gay man. And we've also talked before about how the most important relationships in his life before he met Tonks were all with men, like his best friends and lover, Sirius Black. (laughs) (laughs) And yes... uh, Hey, 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 that's for the Wolfstar episode. Okay, Okay, you can say Lily's a woman and was his friend, but, like, you know, she she only became his friend because she was dating, like, one of his best friends. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he just has a bunch of men in his life. He's all about men 
and he's a gay man. <laughs> That's just very clear to me. Um, so we've talked about like the suspicions of like who's the spy and long stares between mates and Lupin never telling people <laughs> about notorious bass murderous serious blacks and Amegas abilities and what this means. We've talked about Lupin a lot. I want to talk more about Tonks because we haven't really sort of brushed on her, but we haven't really gone into it yet. Okay. So let's talk about Tonks. The 90s punk lesbian. Tonks is a spunky, clumsy, shape-shifting lesbian. She went into a male-dominant, dangerous field of work. And yes, I checked. Yep. At the British Ministry in all of history, we only get three named female authors. Auras, sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including Tonks. So two and her. <laughs> okay, incredible. God, well yeah. done, Tonks. Tonks is great. Tonks is great. She's like shattering the glass ceiling. She's funny, feisty, mm-hmm. consistently viewed as not attractive by other male characters. In the series, we see Tonks have one relationship, and yes, it's with a man. And what does this relationship with a man do to our fair lesbian? It sends her spiraling into a year <laughs> of powerless depression, locks her into a loveless marriage with a newborn baby, and then sends her to an early grave. I rest my case. <clears throat> <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. All of those things that you just said about Tonks... No, not all of those things. The last part of what you just said about Tonks, spending a year pining over a man, immediately marrying, having a kid with him, and then dying. All that sounds like straight people stuff. It sounds like something a straight yes. woman would do. Sounds and like something a look, straight woman would do to a lesbian woman in her story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> and look, Lupin, Lupin's queer-coded. I'll definitely give you that he's queer-coded, but like, I'm not a code-breaker. He marries a woman in the story. <laughs> I'm just, I'm They're kidding. Both... They're obviously both bisexual. Let's be real. <laughs> okay, I can, I can accept, accept bisexuality. Although my personal headcanon is that they're both just gay. I can accept bisexuality, <laughs> especially for Tonks. Um, I feel like you know. every single Sink or Float episode, we're like, let's talk about whether they're straight or gay. And then every single time we're like, whatever, everyone's bisexual. <laughs> Buy into pointless. <laughs> Bangs gaffle. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're going to rule in the favour of bisexuality. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll rule in the favour. I mean, sure. In the canon, you know, they get married. But people don't get married for love sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it's for citizenship. <laughs> sometimes it's because it's a beard. Sometimes it's because of being forced to get married because of plot contractions. <laughs> But we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, these I'm hearing a lot of meta arguments. <laughs> I want to talk about okay, like are right. they attracted to each other and are they in love? So, all right. Oh, okay. I've got a lot on that. Okay, I'll I'll say some things first then. Um, sure. Go. Okay, so we don't see a lot of the like early stages of their relationship because Harry doesn't spend a lot of time with those two. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. We do have. Like, JK's talked about how they were, like, flirting with each other and getting to know each other during their time in the Order of the Phoenix, and how Lupin was at first, like, like, at first he thought that Tonks was really funny and adorable, and then he was really impressed by her, and then he was completely smitten with her. Like, this is, this is classic falling in love stuff. So I think Lupin is... this? I don't remember hearing about this. It doesn't happen on the page, (laughs) because they don't do it in front of Harry. That's fine. Not all adult relationships yeah, but... have to take place in front of your teenage friend. Sure. But 
like I don't remember like even an evidence of this happening in the past on the page when Harry interacts with them as a married couple. They're both very stiff and awkward as a married couple. <laughs> they're not happy. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually spend a lot of time with them. Like, when they're a married couple, we don't actually tend to see them together. We tend to see Lupin on his own and Tonks on her own. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. I think that. they're only actually together in the scene at Bill and Flo's wedding. <laughs> yep, and for the Seven Potters plan. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I think Lupin's in love with Tonks, and I think... I'm gonna preemptively counterpoint you here uh all of his like reluctance to be with her is due to his own issues and it's not that he doesn't want to be with her it's that he thinks it wouldn't be safe for her you know he worries about not being able to provide for her not being able to be there for her but the reason why he tries to leave isn't because he doesn't love her and he doesn't want to be with her it's because he's trying to protect her it's like it's exactly the same as Harry breaking up with Ginny and leaving her behind to go Horcrux hunting, which he does because he loves her. Counterpoint. <laughs> One. <laughs> if you're so insecure about your own like identity and your own like like place in the world that you're too afraid to get into a relationship with someone else, then maybe you shouldn't get into a relationship with them and doing so is a bad thing because you're just like putting like bad vibes onto them because the whole relationship is going to have that big stain and awkward thing upon it so it's a bad relationship in the first place and two the whole breaking Uh up with her to protect her thing is straight nonsense next (laughs) (laughs) look not every not every relationship's perfect okay (laughs) sometimes people get into imperfect relationships not everyone has the time or the money to go to therapy and deal with all their years of trauma before they get into a romantic relationship. I, um, I'm not, like, shaming so him for not I having said? time or that... money to get therapy. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, if he's so upset about the thought of getting into this relationship before he's even started the relationship, maybe he shouldn't have started it in the, like, or... Maybe he just shouldn't do it, like you know, <laughs> because it it, it it didn't work out very well, did it? <laughs> it was bad. They had a bad time. He abandoned her while she was pregnant and didn't return until she was about to have the child, and then they both died shortly afterwards. <laughs> like it was bad. Is that what happened? I thought he went back. To no, her. he was gone for a long time. He only returned just before she had the baby. I checked and researched. He returned just in time for the birth. Really? Yeah. He was on the run. Oh my god. I yeah. thought he went to see Harry, Ron and Hermione at the Order of the Phoenix headquarters mm-hmm. and Harry was like, no, you have to go be with Tonks. Yeah. And then he went back to her and stayed with her the entire time the Horcrux hunt was happening. No, he didn't go back to her for months. He didn't go back to her till she nearly was What did like he do? About... He just went on the run. He was doing like werewolf stuff. I don't know. Like it's never explained. <laughs> we know that he's on Potterwatch. Is this canon? Yes. I googled it. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck, okay. He leaves his pregnant <laughs> wife in the middle of a war for months, even after the people closest to him in the world tell him to stop doing that shit and go back to his wife. And he knows it's the wrong thing to do. He still does it because he doesn't love her. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I'm not going to lie. That was a massive blow to my argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get shut on. He's a shit husband and a bad partner. <laughs> Uh, I've just wrecked you, I'm sorry. The only way out is through. I'm just just still going to stick with the fact that the reason why he does that is because he loves her. Because he's trying to protect her. He's doing it in a terrible, stupid way. 
but it's exactly the same as Harry breaking up with Ginny and leaving Ginny alone for an entire year. Okay, but was Ginny pregnant? <laughs> was she pregnant with no. Harry's child? <laughs> struggling through that pregnancy by herself <sighs> while her father died and her mother was in hiding and she couldn't go out and fight for herself because she was vulnerable and pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> and also, like was Ginny it's... and Harry married? No. <laughs> Had they made a promise to stand by each other in sickness and in health? No, they hadn't. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I really thought he was with her the whole time. He Fuck, wasn't. okay, yeah, that that is not good. That's that's not a good sign for me. He just fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was everything I had for Are They in Love? Oh no, wait. <laughs> Tonks is in love with Lupin because of all the pining stuff that happens in the sixth book. Oh. That's the evidence we have for that. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really true love, you know. Being so upset that your love isn't reciprocated, that you become so depressed that you lose all of your power and agency. That's basically what happens to her. She loses all the ability to mm-hmm. control her powers, to even use her powers. She loses her entire sense of self. She loses her metamorphosis abilities. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. (laughs) It's not cute. It's sad. And she needs help. And it's not okay. We shouldn't be encouraging this kind of relationship. Yeah. Look, I can't argue against that. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta try. You gotta be a Remodora stan. I am trying. I'm trying so hard. I'm saying that she's in love and it doesn't matter if it's unhealthy. Love isn't always healthy and perfect. Do you have anything more for, like, are they in love or should we get into why um, they should be together? <laughs> let's talk about... Okay, I wrote this down. Um, for are they in love section of the um, flawed relationship, I wrote down, they have nothing in common slash no chemistry. So I'm going to paint a little word picture for you here, <clears throat> if you don't mind. Okay, All right. picture this. It's the year 2004. Alicia Keys's If I Ain't Got okay. You is playing on the radio. Down below in the streets, the children are pretending to be Spider-Man and Doc Ock. J.K. Rowling sits in her study and plans out the last two books of her series. Mm-hmm. She decides that to show the symmetry of the cycle of war, she wants to make Harry the Godfather to an infant war orphan at the end of the series. The question hangs in the air. Who will the orphan's parents be? She needs an eligible breeding pair. Surely not an older Weasley brother. Making Harry the Godfather wouldn't make any sense, <laughs> oh, considering no. the size of the family. The light bulb blinks on. Remus, of course. He's an eligible bachelor with no other family besides his completely heterosexual, in quotations, found family. If he had a son, of course he would make Harry Godfather. It's almost an echo back to James's selecting series for Harry's mm-hmm. Godfather. There's just one problem. There's no eligible bachelorettes. Lupin's age that aren't married. Well... I could always make a new woman. No, it should be someone we know already. Then the tragedy of their death has more impact. So that leaves Tonks. The only problem is Lupin and Tonks have never even spoken to each other before. No one would ever suspect that... Hold on. I can use this. (laughs) That's exactly what she thought. (laughs) That's what she thought. JK's decision to put Remus and Tonks together was purely for plot contrivance and for red herrings. And we've discussed this before. It was just a joke to lead the readers astray because no one could have ever predicted that Remus and Tonks were kind of a thing. Harry was so 
blindsided by that, that Harry and his friends were thinking that Tonks was in love with her cousin rather than Remus Lupin, an eligible bachelor. <laughs> there was no <laughs> chemistry there. There was nothing in between these two characters. J.K. Rowling was just like, yeah, I'll throw this in to like keep people sniffing on different trails just so my mystery like book can pan out. Like It's just... It was a joke that went too far, and then it stopped being funny. <laughs> That's what happened. Okay, look. That is a truly excellent argument, and here's the problem with it. It's a meta argument, and on a meta level, I can't argue for Remadora. Jem, don't make me. I can't do it. <laughs> I have to argue in canon. All right. <clears throat> Please All right. let canon. me argue in universe. Okay. In okay. canon. <laughs> Remus and Tonks right. were so out of nowhere that their characters had to change completely to be able to pull off a relationship between the two of them. Tonks goes from fun-loving and adventurous to and, and career-focused to sad and desperate and just wanting to be to like marry. Remus goes from cautious and kindly and responsible to reckless, selfish, and cruel. Discuss. Okay, so Tonks starts out as this really rebellious free spirit. And what we know about her background is that, like, her mother ran away from a pureblood yep. family for love. I think Tonks, as as we know her and as we meet her, is exactly mm-hmm. the kind of woman who won't be told who she can and can't be with. She chooses Lupin because she thinks that her path to happiness is being with him mm-hmm. and she doesn't care about anything else. She mm-hmm. only wants to be with him. That's why it's so devastating when she thinks that she can't be with him. That's why everything goes so bad for her. It's because she loves him so much. Yikes. <laughs> Just yikes. Have you ever loved someone so much that, <laughs> you know, your entire personality changes and even your entire uh, visage, you, sh- you should say, of happiness changes to them? I mean, her Patronus changing to a werewolf. But Lupin's Patronus doesn't change to her former Patronus or anything to do with her. Not that we know so of. So it's just another story of a woman having to change everything for a man. But a man not having to change anything for a woman. Tragic. Lupin does have to change. <laughs> he has to be more responsible. Um, and, and is he? But he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, <Anyway>. he doesn't. <laughs> Let's see what Tonks gives up to be with Lupin. Okay. She gives up her metamorphicus abilities. She weakens her magic. She ostracizes herself from her own wizarding society and her pure blood status. She loses her job. She sacrifices her body, both pregnancy-wise and death-wise. Now let's look at what Lupin <laughs> gives up. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> he gets a young wife. We haven't talked about the age gap yet, but I'll get to it. I've got a lot in that. He gets a young, impregnable okay. wife <laughs> that gives him an heir. That makes him feel bad because, oh no, the heir will be like me and I made such a stupid mistake and I'm going to abandon her for months and months on end and then only come back at the last second. Yeah. Sad, beautiful, tragic. I don't care about this relationship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Lupin doesn't really sacrifice much to be with Tonks. But here's the idea. No, not here's the idea. Here's the thing. Maybe, like, you shouldn't have to sacrifice a ton of stuff to be in love with someone. Lupin has been through so much. Like, he's had an entire life of pain and rejection and misery. He deserves love and he deserves rest. He deserves someone who's going to 
like support him and care for him. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, fuck, he deserves someone who's going to support him and care for him, which Tonks can do. But he also deserves someone who's like fierce and spirited enough to not put up with his bullshit. And Tonks is that as well. Tonks can give him a kick up the ass when he needs it and a helping hand when he needs it as well. Yes, the end. <laughs> okay. Um, you're right. People shouldn't have to sacrifice that much to be in a relationship, especially when one person is sacrificing pretty much everything and the other person is sacrificing nothing. That's when it's the worst. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's a good That's thing definitely that unequal. to sacrifice all those things. It's such an unequal partnership. And second of all, um, what was the second point? That Tonks, oh yeah, is a good balance for him because she can be like caring but also motivating and like give mm-hmm. credit where credit is due. When do yes. we have evidence of Tonks being mad at Remus for leaving her? We don't get to see her. Mm-mm. She shows up at the Battle of Hogwarts to find Remus to fight with him because she loves him and wants to make sure that he's safe. But we don't get, like, her reaction to him being gone. Mm-hmm. Because Harry isn't there. I, I can't build on things that don't happen in the book. Okay. It's just... What I'm saying is that the evidence that was presented to us in canon is that from book six to book seven, the entirety of Tonks' character is just caring about a man. All of her energy is just put into caring about her man, Remus Lupin, and Remus Lupin gives none of that energy back until the last second (laughs) it's sad it's tragic i don't know why people enjoy this shit (laughs) it's either completely uninteresting because there's no chemistry there and nothing interesting about them or just tragic to witness it's not fun even in the afterlife if you believe that the resurrection stone is the afterlife remus isn't with her (laughs) she's abandoned he's abandoned her again He's with his best mates. <laughs> okay, look, that's not fair. That's Harry summoning back people who are meaningful to him, not like a glimpse into Remus's personal heaven. Okay. But some people interpret it as that, and like, I wouldn't fault them. It could be like the personal heaven of these four people are with each other, you know? Marauders reunited, and Lily, except for Peter Pettigrew. Fuck that guy. But yeah, like, <laughs> that's the energy. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna lean into what you were talking about, how it's sad and tragic. All Do you right. know what other great love story is sad and tragic? Uh Romeo and Juliet. Not <laughs> so no, Remus and like Tonks. This. It's not like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yes, it it's like talk. Breaking Dawn, Bella exactly and Edward. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> okay. I don't remember enough about Twilight to talk about it right now and I don't want to. Sorry, New Moon, Bella and Edward. We talk okay, about continue. Romeo and Juliet. Continue. Remus and Tonks is a Romeo and Juliet situation, including mm. the tragic double death at the end. There's, a, I'll admit, there is a lot keeping them apart. There's a lot of reasons why they shouldn't be together. Like, the age gap, the war, the lycanthropy, these are all reasons that they shouldn't be together, but they're all practical, circumstantial reasons. The reasons why they should be together are emotional, because they love each other, because Remus wants... A happy life with a family and Tonks wants the same thing and she's the kind of person who's not going to let all the challenges that comes with trying to create that life with a werewolf stop her from having the life that they both want and that they both deserve 
at the end of the day, they both follow their hearts and they decide to be together and that's great. Love wins. It's beautiful. <laughs> Except for the part where he leaves her forever. But that's fine. Because <laughs> I didn't know about that when I was writing this. Let's, <laughs> let us compare, shall we? Romeo Montague with Remus Lupin. <laughs> so, okay. Right. Full disclosure. I've never read Romeo and Juliet. I've read passages from it and I've seen the Baz Luhrmann movie. That's all you really need. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Romeo calls Juliet the sun. Here's what Lupin says about Tonks. <clears throat> I should never have married her. I've made her an outcast. <laughs> Romeo um, <laughs> goes to a <laughs> warring family that hates him and would kill him just to be with Juliet and to marry her. Let's compare that to Lupin, who leaves his wife after she gets pregnant for months on end, abandons her, and doesn't return until just before the birth out of guilt. <clears throat> How can I forgive myself knowing I risked passing on my own condition to an innocent child? And if sh- and if by some miracle it is not like me, then it will be better off a hundred times or so without a father of whom it will always be ashamed. <clears throat> Let's read an extract from the Deathly Hallows, shall we? Let's, um... Hermione, however, looked puzzled. Okay, sorry. For those reading along at home, it's page 174 of the Deathly Hallows. Hermione, however, looked puzzled. But what about Tonks, she asked. What about her, said Lupin. <laughs> well, said Hermione, <laughs> frowning, you're married. How does she feel about you going away with us? Tonks will be perfectly safe, said Lupin. She'll be at her parents' house. There was something strange in Lupin's tone. It was almost cold. There was also something odd in the idea of Tonks remaining hidden at her parents' house. She was, after all, a member of the Order, and as far as Harry knew, was likely to want to be in the thick of the action. Remus, said Hermione tentatively, is everything all right, you know, between you and... Everything is fine, thank you, said Lupin pointedly. Hermione turned pink. There was another pause, an awkward, embarrassed one, and then Lupin said with an air of forcing himself to admit something unpleasant, Tonks is going to have a baby. Oh, how wonderful, squealed Hermione. Excellent, said Ron enthusiastically. Congratulations, said Harry. Lupin gave an artificial smile that was more like a grimace. Direct quote... (laughs) He's so happy and in love, clearly. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Lupin, whenever Tonks is brought up in terms of the thought of getting together with her, the thought of marrying her, and then finally the reveal that she's pregnant, Lupin is always uncomfortable, unhappy, grimacing. Like, it's, it's like he's watching like someone being tortured, and it's himself. <laughs> He's not having a good time. Uh, I'm tempted to go and get my copy of The Deathly Hallows and read from the scene where he shows up at the Shell Cottage and starts talking about how Teddy was just born and he's like so happy and full of life. But I'm worried that that would be pointless because you're going to be like, yep, and isn't it notable that that happens when Tonks isn't there? Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm going to do. He's happy about his son, his seed, growing up and just completely fucked over his woman. I absolutely hate the way you keep being like a breeding pair, his seed. (laughs) Please stop this. (laughs) It's the truth. Look, this is what JK has turned them into. I've run out of arguments. (laughs) That's everything that I had. Well, I haven't. I would like to talk about the age gap. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I deliberately right. didn't touch on the age gap other than to say it was like a barrier that they overcame through their love. They didn't. 
Yeah. Remus Remus Lupin was born in 1960. Tonks was born between 1972 and 73, but it's 70% more likely that she was born in 73. So that's okay. a 13 years difference. So, when Tonks and Lupin had started dating, Tonks was 23 and Lupin was 36. So imagine me now. I'm turning 23 this year. Now imagine I'm dating a 36-year-old man. Uh, <laughs> look. Okay. It's not good. Now I know what you're going to say. It's pretty repulsive. I know what you're going <laughs> to say. Some people might say this. You know, I'm 53 and my partner is 66 and we have a very good relationship. And that's great. That's good for you. But... Really something to consider here are the different stages of life that a person is in when comparing age 23 to 36. It's not yeah. like 53 to 66. So at 23, you're still in your early years of adulthood. You're figuring out who you are and what you want independently from the influences of your immediate family and friends. Although you're an adult, you're still a little more naive and learning how to take care of yourself and fit into the adult world. But at 36, you're nearing middle age. You're mature, independent, usually you're either already settling down or about to. You found a steady place and you're there. Your attitudes since you were in your early 20s have changed so drastically that the person that you were then seems almost like a child to you. Because <laughs> they are. <laughs> now, let's look at the context for the actual couple in question, Remus and Tonks. Okay, yeah, so, I've got some things I can say about their context specifically. Mm-hmm, so do I. So Lupin has lived and fought through one war already and lost all of his friends to it. He's depressed, mm -hmm. isolated, and mostly unemployed and being dragged into another war out of duty and survival. Tonks, on the other hand, experienced the first Wizarding War from her birth to age eight. Ew. So just, it's weird to think about, like, Remus was a full-on adult fighting in a war when Tonks was, like, a child playing with, like, fucking blocks and stuff. Ew. Uh -huh. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, Tonks grew up with a childlike view of it. She heard the stories of great heroes and sacrifice and battles, and after school she trained to become an aura. From all evidence, Tonks seems to be keen to enter battle and fight for her friends in what's right. A person who Lupin, at age 36, could barely relate to anymore, and must seem so young to him. He alludes to this a lot when he talks about how Tonks doesn't see how inappropriate they would be together as a couple. His commentary on how Tonks doesn't understand how being with a werewolf would be an enormous burden demonstrates that Lupin sees her reckless vivacity as a naivety and, and like a, a sort of childlike innocence that he's disturbed by. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> disturbed like by might be a bit strong. That he's upset by. Okay. That he can't relate to. So everything that you said about Lupin is true, but consider, do you remember when we were talking about is Sirius a good godfather for Harry? And yeah. we were talking about how Sirius has a big case of arrested development because uh -huh. he didn't really have much of a teenage years because of the war and then got stuck while he was in Azkaban. Uh -huh. I want to argue for a similar thing for Lupin. So Lupin had a lot of his, not childhood because he had like his time at Hogwarts and with the Marauders, but a lot of his like early 20s stolen by the war. So, yeah, end of sentence, full stop. I didn't know why I put a so in there. <laughs> and second sentence. <laughs> a lot of what you're talking about, how, like, generational gaps, age gaps, older people tend to be more stable and settling down and stuff like that. Lupin doesn't have that because he's always been very transient. He can't hold a job for very long. We don't know even if he has, like, a real place to live. Mm-hmm. So he's younger, both in the fact that he went through a really traumatic experience 
fighting in the war when he was younger and he's younger in the fact that he's not set up and established like a person usually would be at age 36 which doesn't erase the power difference and the age gap between him and Tonks but it does mean that it's not as terrible as it could be and the other thing that I want to add on to that while Lupin seems put out by Tonks's naivety as you put it I also think it's kind of refreshing to him because as you said he's lost so much and he's so isolated it must be so amazing to be around someone who's so so hopeful and so determined to make a difference rather than resigned to the way things are and just trying to survive just trying to get through what's happening okay is that your point uh the end that's my conclusion on their age gap and why it's fine I would like everyone to listen to me very carefully, and I would like to say it loudly for the people in the back. Young women aren't soothing balms to be applied to old, broken men to heal them. (laughs) So, that's bullshit, (laughs) okay? Yeah. What you're saying, first of all, about how Remus has a case of arrested development, he just doesn't. Like, we see in the books that out of all of Harry's mentors... He's one of the most mature, calm, reassuring, and responsible. He, it's, he's always described as looking older than yeah. his years and haggard and worn down because he's had to age so much from all the trauma. And the whole argument that he's younger than he seems because of all that's happened to him, it's, it's just a whole type of fact. And then your argument that Tonks is some sort of soothing remedy to him because she's so young and full of life and innocent is gross and lolita. I life. deliberately did not use the word innocent. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Look, I felt those words coming out of my mouth and I stopped them before they did. Doesn't matter. It still happened. <laughs> the same effect happened. Yeah, no I know. like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty bad. Look, I'm struggling. Like I said, I deliberately didn't say anything about the age gap because I didn't have anything <laughs> that I could argue for it. I'm I'm floundering here. <laughs> I'm clutching at straws. Look, I've gone on Twitter before and talked about age gaps and a lot of people disagree with me, but I am so I'm so cautious of big age gaps that are over 10 years. I'm cautious of age gaps that are like 5 years apart. It's just, it grosses me out. (laughs) So the fact that it's 13 years is yikes. It's just, ew. Ew! Yeah, I I really don't like big age gaps. They're predatory and... The power imbalance, it's just... Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, unequal. Yeah. Unhealthy. Yeah. My last point that I've written down... It's a meta point again, but I think it'll appe- like appeal to your interests. So, Remus and Tonks fall victim to the make them straight before it's too late trope. And this is a trope that I've named myself. I tried to find if there was a name for it already in the public discourse, and I couldn't find anything. So I've coined it myself, I guess. This trope That's really to... good, though. On a, on a side note, you should yep. go on TV Tropes and see if you can add that, because it's fantastic and I very much approve. Okay, thanks. It refers mm-hmm. to the trope where there's either one like clearly coded gay character, and throughout the story they're very clearly coded as gay, but then at the last second, right before the credits roll, 
they are given a straight counterpart to me like, oh no, look, they're not gay, because otherwise people will get too excited, <laughs> and we can't have yeah. that. And sometimes it's one character, or sometimes it's a bonus where it's uh, two characters that are either coded as very clearly a gay man and a lesbian woman, and then they're put together as a couple. That's a high school musical move. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Ryan and Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Other examples are like uh, Finn and Poe, The Rise of Skywalker, Make Him Straight Before It's Too spoilers. Late. Spoilers. That was yikes. And, spoilers uh, for Star Wars. Yeah, spoilers for Star Wars. Another another big one is, um, I don't watch this show, but I know of this. Raj Kutrapali from Big Bang Theory. He was given a fiancé at the end of it, even though he's very clearly a gay man. <laughs> like, it's just obvious. Yeah, and Remus and Tonks are a part of that too. Yeah, that's really common. Like, Finn and Poe are the perfect example. When there's a couple, like, where either one or both of them are really queer-coded, and they're really coded as having a like, romantic or sexual relationship between them. And the fans pick up on that, and the fans are very vocal about the fact they want them to get together. So, in the story, they ha- they have to cor- course-correct and be like, straight love interests, uh, mm-hmm. they're not yeah. together. We need to specifically put in the text that they are mm-hmm. not together, and they are heterosexual. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It goes hand-in-hand hand with queerbaiting. It's the it's the last stage of queerbaiting. Make them straight before it's too late. Um... And, yeah, that is my last point. That's all I've got to say about Remedora. Well, I ran out of arguments several points ago. (laughs) I tried. I tried so hard. Look, okay. In all fairness, fine. It happened. (laughs) It's a couple that happened. It's probably one of my least favourites thing that happened in Harry Potter. But I don't hate it as viscerally as I've argued that I hate it in this episode. I just, I, I looked more into it and I got very mad and I started getting very into it. So, <laughs> look, I sound like a yeah. total bitch, but if you ship it, I don't really care. Because I don't really care about these characters because they were ruined from books six to seven. And, you know, you can quote me on that. Um, so, you know, do what you want. Uh, but it's really just not for me. Part of the reason why I struggled so much in this episode is that I tend to just forget that Remus Lupin is still in the series after book five. Yeah. Like, I only... Whenever I think of Remus Lupin, I only think of him in book three and five. (laughs) And then I forget that he's still there. And I only think of Tonks in book five, and then I forget that she's in the rest of the series, because everything that happens with them after that is so... It's just boring. I don't care about Mm. it. Their characters change so much. I'm like, eh. yeah. So I forgot a lot of what happened. Yeah. And I was struggling to argue around it, and I'm sorry for What's that. What's done to them makes them almost barely recognizable, and makes their death barely impactful because it's like, you know, oof. <laughs> I guess. Mm. So yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame, knowing that we could have just had Wolfstar yeah. and Tonks and Fleur, and what a time that would have been. Oh, Tonks and Fleur. So good. (laughs) Or better yet, Tonks and no one. Tonks just being amazing and independent and being the- becoming the head of the aura department after the war ended because she didn't die because she fell in love with some dude. (laughs) Yeah, I kinda- Tonks being Tonks. I like- (laughs) I like lesbian Tonks, but I also really like ace Tonks. Love that. Love that for her. Love yeah. anyone being headcanoned as ace, basically. <laughs> yeah, ace gender fluid Tonks. Oh, that's the dream. Love that because I 
Tonks and Fleur is fun, but I've got a big soft spot for Bill and Fleur. I really like them. Do you love Bill and Fleur? It's very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should stop this because we've clearly just started talking about other things that we like better than Remedora, <laughs> and that's not the focus of this episode. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of angry contacts after this episode. I'm, I'm preemptively sorry. I said what I said. Nothing I said was wrong. <laughs> um. <laughs> and as, as you were talking, <laughs> I was agreeing more and more with you. <laughs> Nothing you said was wrong. And even though I was arguing against you, everything that you were saying was convincing me more and more. And I was finding myself shipping Remadora less and less and less as the episode went on, which is why the spirit went out of me. And I'm sorry for that. If you are a big Remadora shipper and wanted war from me in this episode, I promise you I was trying very hard. Look, if if Remadora fans are upset, they should just commission you to write a fanfic about Remadora and you'll have to do it. I think that's the punishment for, for losing. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, I've been Rhea. Please don't do that to me. I love you. Thanks, listeners. And I've been Jem, and I... Did I fucking stutter? I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.